So the idea has been floating around my head for six or seven years. What got me about the simulators? And I played Hilton Head or one of those courses you can go see. It's like, oh, this is cool. You know, I'm a scratch player. If you have $500, you can play all these things. That's pretty cool. But what they did was they threw me in this imaginary world and went, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. We're playing like Machu Picchu and like all sorts of crazy stuff's happening going, that got my juices flowing because I don't know how to hit a shot over a dragon. I've never practiced that shot. <laughs> We're on top of a thousand foot cliff. Never done that before, but now I'm interested. Now I'm challenged. And it's like, that's so cool. I bet other people like this. Okay, what if I could use this in business? People that play golf, that you don't have time anymore because it takes too damn long. So I started formulating this. Like, how do you go do this? How do you go monetize it? So that's been in my back of my head. And I've got a stack full of folders of stuff. I tried to model out different variations of this. It did not work. It was actually in November of 2019. I was literally in a pain med coma from a shoulder surgery, thinking about my next syndication in the middle of this thing, wiping drool off my face in the codeine. I was like, golf sanctuary. That's when I need to go syndicate. If I could go marry real estate and golf, how cool would that be? Hey everyone, welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with the influencers, disruptors, entrepreneurs, and innovators who are shaping the future of golf. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the Mod Golf Podcast, thanks so much for joining us. And if you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe to the show to learn about our upcoming episodes, listen to some previous ones, and to enter our latest golf product giveaway contest. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today my guest is Billy Brown, who is a two-time Amazon best-selling author, real estate investor, entrepreneur, and the main reason we have Billy joining us today is he's the founder and CEO of the Golf Sanctuary. And the Golf Sanctuary, located in Nashville, Tennessee, is a unique indoor golf experience where you can enjoy handcrafted libations, engaging golf experience with your friends, and, and Billy, I'm going to have to get you to back this one up here, the best burger on the entire face of the planet. So with that introduction, Billy, hey, thanks so much for joining us today. And welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast. I'm pretty sure if you ask the Chef Joey, it's the best burger in the universe or that level. Wow. Um, obviously, being the CEO, I see the purchase ingredients for that burger. And I can't tell you what's what's involved, but some FDA clearances have to happen. Thanks for having me <laughs> on the show. You talk about burgers. It is around lunchtime here. I just ate one, so I'm just still drooling from the lunch. But I'm so excited to be on the, on the show and be able to, to chat with you and just talk all things golf and entrepreneur and whatever else we want to talk about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, hey, to start off, we're, we're going to rewind the tape in the Wayback Machine for you here, Billy. So I always love to ask this question as a bit of an icebreaker to get the show started here. And that's my guest's connectivity to the game of golf. So could you please, Billy, share with our listeners your first ever golf experience? Who introduced you to the game? Who made it inviting and welcoming for you? And yeah, and tell us some great moment early on, one of the first times you ever picked up a club. I mean, it goes back, my parents played, actually my dad more than anything, he was a, he was a business leader in Oklahoma, played golf for business. And I think about four years old, maybe even younger, I remember playing golf. And back then he didn't have junior sets. I'm 48 and that was late 70s. So yeah, I stuck my dad's Karsten ones for those that are that old. My dad's got two sets. But the club sticking out there and just hit golf balls. So if you're to know how heavy those things are, I had to learn how to create some club head speed pretty fast. We have some videos of me swinging, and I don't know if it's because of my natural talent or that motion forced me to have a good rotation. But you look at those videos from back then, I said, like, man, my swing is pretty good. From the time I was four years old on, I've always had a golf club in my head. It's like breathing to me. That's what I did. I grew up at a, a small country club, and that, that was my babysitter. 
play in the morning, go swim around lunchtime and go play a little dark and swim some more. And that was summers. Love it. Love it. So I'm assuming you continued to play golf on into your teens and early 20s and through college. I understand you're a low handicapper, maybe even a scratch. You're quite an accomplished player, better than most, definitely better than me as a 16 <laughs> handicapper. So you've it sounds like you've had a, a continued love affair with golf for your entire life since you were four years old. Yeah, I played in high school, uh, won an AJGA event, uh, played in college, Oklahoma State, won three Oklahoma State Amateur titles, tried the professional circuit, spent a lot of money. Yeah, I'm a seven-time club champion at Nashville Golf up the road here. And I'm a plus three in my USGA handicaps. I'm a really good ATM for somebody because I can shoot even par from back tees. That's, boy. that's why I have my uh, my name on two businesses and not on my golf bag. <laughs> <laughs> I saw on LinkedIn last night that you can add another trophy to your mantle. I believe yes. you won the competition at the golf sanctuary yes, last night. Yes. By one stroke, I believe, you put out the screenshot of the bragging rights that you came in at minus four there. Inter- well inter- done, my sir. My first international win was virtual from, uh, from Trackman. No, those are fun. You scratch that competitive edge. About a month ago, I finished second in the club championship at National Golf and shot one under for 36 holes and got beat by two. And the final foursome at the club championship were all former D1 players. So wow. like, what do you do? I played pretty good and yeah. still lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, played as well as you could. That's something to be proud of there. So I find this really interesting. What you've done in your life so far leading up to the golf sanctuary that as an entrepreneur in real estate, finance is your background. Yep. So tell us, starting off as an entrepreneur before launching the Golf Sanctuary, I want to hold off on that for just a minute here. So have you dipped your toe in the entrepreneurial pool before with some other ventures and endeavors leading up before you had the courage and desire to get into the world of golf here with the Golf Sanctuary? So tell us about that leading up to this. What else you have done that's kind of given you the confidence and also the connectivity in your life professionally leading up to the Golf Sanctuary? Yeah, so that's a great question. My background in commercial lending. So I was actually a real estate investor and got a commercial lending. And I did some small stuff locally back in 2007, 2008, 2009, and then kept on adding to that, sold some stuff, and then actually bought a, we syndicated an office complex and then a, an apartment complex in 2019 before all hell broke loose in 2020. Also started my own commercial loan brokerage, and but no one was teaching investing from the standpoint of a commercial lender. So I was teaching that, but also placing debt, and then also doing investing. It was pretty good until March 2020. Right. So, <laughs> uh, what what happened then, Billy? What I, I can't. I don't know. Anything. I mean, it may just be the United States. This whole thing about a little virusy thing that kind of went through, and well, that one that lasted two and a half weeks. There, that one, right? Yeah, that was supposed to be two and a half weeks, two and a half years later. But yeah, the, the capital markets kind of freaked out, so there is no money to go in for uh, six months or so. That was no bueno. Brand new business there, commercial lending. Actually, in the fall of 2019 is when I decided to start this, and everything started converging together. It was interesting what happened in March 2020. I'll, I'll hold off on that unless you want to go there now. My whole world has been an entrepreneur. I'm a connector. I like to connect ideas and put things together people don't necessarily see. And then I also connect people to money and money to deals and deals to, to money. And that's just my superpower. So I was just looking for a way to go do something that was a little more fun than real estate because you do a real estate deal. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. You do the next one is like, it's kind of more the same. And by the third one, you're like, I can do this in my sleep and it's kind of boring. It's profitable, but it's really boring. And I'm a little ADD at times and because I, I see stuff, you know, I want to go engage in it. Like, oh my gosh, there's a big pool of money over there. Here's how you just go do that. Now let's go assemble a team and go do it. Well, stupid me. 
it's been a, quite a journey. Real estate is profitable. It's good. It's my background. It's my passion. I know how to use the finance to go leverage it and know all the connections there. But you see one pitch, they're all the same. It's like all real estate investors look the same and talk the same and act the same. Like, how do I stand out? How do I do something different? And it sounds like that's what you've done here with the golf sanctuary. So, okay, let's get right into it here. So you mentioned you started to formulate the idea and yeah. put it together pre-COVID, mid-2019, where, yeah. of course, after the success of Top Golf and X Golf and some others across the country, showing the success of off-course golf entertainment venues, both large and small. And you decided to do more of a grassroots rather than try to franchise with someone else. I love this, that you said, hey, I'm going to do this myself with my own twist, which we'll get into your differentiator. You're cut from the same cloth as me. I've got a bit of a hospitality background also, not just in architecture and design. So yes, anytime you can bring good food, drinks, music, and engaging sport experiences together, you got me. You got me. And combined storytelling, which you do also, you've got that also. So, okay, let's get into it then. So what gave you the courage even pre-COVID to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this from an idea to I'm going to make this happen. So tell us about that because that's the hardest thing to take that first step. Just like a golf swing, I got the water in front of me, but I got to commit to the swing and now I got to commit to this venture. So tell us about the commitment and the courage at the beginning with the golf sanctuary. So the idea has been floating around my head for six or seven years. what got me about the simulators? And it wasn't even a track man. It was another knockoff brand. But I played Hilton Head or one of those courses you can go see. It's like, oh, this is cool. You know, I'm a scratch player. If you have $500, you can play all these things. That's pretty cool. But what they did was they threw me in this imaginary world. and went, oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. We're playing like Machu Picchu and like all sorts of crazy stuff's happening. Going, that got my juices flowing because I don't know how to hit a shot over a dragon. I've never practiced that shot. <laughs> We're on top of a thousand-foot cliff. Never done that before, but now I'm interested. Now I'm challenged. And it's like, that's so cool. I bet other people like this. Okay, what if I could use this in business? Okay, you got people that are that play golf that you don't have time anymore because it takes too damn long. So I started formulating this. Like, how do you go do this? How do you go do this? How do you go monetize it? So that's been in my back of my head. And I've got a stack full of folders of stuff I tried to model out, different variations of this. It did not work. It was actually in November of 2019. I was literally in a pain med coma from a shoulder surgery, thinking about my next syndication. And in the middle of this thing, wiping drool off my face in the codeine, I was like, golf sanctuary. That's when I need to go syndicate. Like if I could go marry real estate and golf into syndication, how cool would that be? We got 100 people a day moving to Nashville. We've got no more golf courses available. And at the time, I didn't know all the golf courses were full and all of them had their waiting list full. And I did a little research and two of the golf courses, actually three of the golf courses were shutting down. So all the private courses went down. So now you got more demand than there is supply. Basic economics there. You've got opportunity, right? Yep. I ain't no genius. I'm public school trained. So it's like you got more demand and supply, there's opportunity. And you factor in that, the, the time factor and the weather factor in Nashville, even though we got great weather, most of the time, there's still pop-up storms. It's still hot as hell in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And in the wintertime, yeah, maybe 65 degrees, but it gets dark at 4.30. So who has time for that? Plus more golfers equals five-hour rounds, and we don't have that anymore as, as, as young families. So the whole idea of using golf for business and creating something completely different came to mind. What I was looking for there is that word sanctuary, because as a business leader, in the grind, the day-to-day, you need a place to go to just like relax and be yourself. And with all our celebrities here, all the C-suite people, all the entertainers and all that, I knew them and I knew they wanted a place just to go 
not say like cheers, but it's kind of like cheers with golf. You can just leave your celebrity status at the door and walk in. Hence, we have no signs, no address. The shades are drawn. Inside the main suite, there is, there's no photos, no videos. You're looking for a place to go combine family-friendly for business leaders that love golf. So it's, like, it's creating community around a game we mostly love is what I did. And there's probably 250 to 300 people in the Nashville area that would pay to go be belong to this. And boy, was I wrong. There's a hell of a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we've been open seven months now and it's just been gangbusters. It's been crazy. Awesome. So, awesome. I find this interesting that during your drug-induced <laughs> post-surgery epiphany, having the idea and bringing it all together, did you also bring together the hospitality piece? So when did that all come together? I'm curious about this as far as the business model or even the iteration of what this could be and what it should be and what it should not be. So tell us about that, from what I see with your posts on LinkedIn. And I can't wait to get down there because it looks amazing. And I love great food uh, oh, and hitting a golf ball. So tell us about that. Was it other partnerships? Was it meeting the chef that you have now? So tell us about that journey of leading up to what you're actually delivering now. So, so here's a key point for all entrepreneurs. It takes one good hire and always hire above you. Mm-hmm. So my first hire was uh, Michael Shin for my operation because I'm the visionary. I need somebody to go implement. There's somebody who has to go put this into play. And Michael actually coached in college. He's a great player and he's a really good at sales. He's also a fantastic operation. So I did not know that about him, but I coached him in college 15 years ago. I mean, I know him and his background. I followed him. And when I thought of this role as person, I was like, Michael, and everything he does is elevated. So I wanted somebody to force me to go a second level. And here's why. I'm a cheapskate. I'm a cheapskate real estate investor. I want to do everything on a budget. And what we're doing here is we're catering to the wealthy. We're catering to that elevated lifestyle, that affluent lifestyle. What do they want? And for me, my first iteration of this, Colin, there is no food or drink in here because food and drink are not profit margins. They're so small. They're like, why would you go have that? And Michael, being Michael, kind of like a brother, Comes to me, my first hire, he goes, you're going to hate this at first, but then you're going to love it. Listen to what I just did. I went, okay, what did you just do? Who did, who did you just hire, Michael? <laughs> and it's like, you know, you want, kind of want a chef here to go cook some burgers and food a lot. It's like, I went and I got the best executive chef you could possibly get. Well, how much is that going to cost us? It's like, nothing. It's going to make us money. I'm listening. You're speaking my language. How does this, this expense turn an investment? That's my love language. He knows how to speak to me. So he told me, he's like, yeah, this guy is a world-class executive chef from Napa. And when you have food and drink, you have community. You wanted a club with community. You cannot do that without food and drink. And if you provide these people an elevated experience with that high-quality food and that high-quality touch and concierge, the hospitality, you're going to keep them for life. You're going to have a club that's going to revolve around it. Plus, it can be replicated. And I was like, you got me. Okay, show me. And his first interview with me was he cooked for us. In someone nice. else's kitchen, he just cooked for us. Okay, well, show me what you want the golf safe food would be like. And about the second course, I'm going, you're hired. He goes, I got five more courses here to go feed you. <laughs> like, cool. I'll take a nap after this, but this, this is great. And it's gotten better from there. So hiring up was, was the best thing that forced me to go take it to the next level. And everyone we've hired has forced everyone else to go to that next level. What does that look like? as opposed to a top-down leadership, it's our team that's elevating the leaders to think bigger. And that's what I love about this because the more people we bring on like this, the more high-quality people we attract that keeps on elevating our brand. It's like, this is just a monster of its own. And now, I mean, you've seen the post, it, it runs without me. I mean, this is, is incredible. Which is what you so, want. It's what you want. Yeah. So 
On your journey here, before your amazing first elevated hire there, were you plugged in at all to the experience economy or the value of experiences and understanding the kind of those unexpected magical moments that are shareable for people? Was that even on your radar? Is this something that I know you're living and breathing it now, but is this something that you had even in November 2019 that really wasn't part of your makeup? I knew I wanted it, but I didn't know how to go make it happen. So then mm. it's hiring somebody. The big thing there for me as a business leader, I got a young daughter, I'm just busy. He's like, I want to be able to use golf to go entertain clients because I still raise money. I mean, I still raise money for this. I still raise money for other deals. I need a place to do intentional conversations with folks and actually get very deep into their why and actually get basically financially naked in front of me. Like, hey, what's going on here? Your tax returns. I don't really want to do that in my office. I want to do that side by side. I can't do that at a golf course. I can't do that at one of the five nice restaurants in, in Williamson County talking about a deal that may be here that someone else may not be locked up yet. It may be vulnerable. So you've got to have that safe space to be able to, to have those conversations. The combination of the business plus the magic of having that community and something special was really what I was striving to go do. And that's quite honestly what we created here. It's just, it's because of our team. I mean, quite honestly. Nice. Nice. So of course we're on an audio podcast, so our listeners cannot see what you put together here. We will jump on a Zoom call after this. So we're going to have another short interview and we can show some imagery there of the Golf Sanctuary on our YouTube channel. So I do encourage all of our listeners to become viewers over there. I'll include the link, of course, in the show notes. But describe for us, walk us through the customer or let's say the client journey, the moment they show up for the first time, myself and some friends show up at the Golf Sanctuary. Tell us how my evening and our evening will unfold. So first off, I want you to picture this. The nicest, most exclusive golf club that you've ever been to, are there any signs out there? Do they have a website? Or do you just know this is where the best country club is, the best golf experience is? So we started with that idea, like Mm -hmm. all the best golf courses from locally here, Golf Club of Tennessee, which is way out in the boontocks. Like there's literally no sign out there. You just know that there's the road there, the little gate, and you just turn in there and you go, the honors course over in Udawa near Chattanooga, down to some of like your better private clubs around the, the country, there's no signs. So that's our first thing is there's no signs and no address. Right. Our building looks like the building from Dunder Mifflin, the office. <laughs> it's an office warehouse, complete unicorn finds, exactly what I had in mind. It's in a cul-de-sac, an industrial area just south of Nashville. Williamson County is the 15th wealthiest county in America. I don't know how many headquarters we have here of multi, multi-billion dollar companies. So that's what I want you to expect. No signs, no address, shades are drawn, and you just pull up this building and people walk in their cars with golf clubs. You walk in this place and my first impression that I want somebody to have is you're getting a warm hug from an old friend. Because mm. that's, that's what golf's about. That's what community's about. Is that old friend, you just go, man, I miss you. I miss the community. I miss the game. And now I have it back. And we have this giant community room. Again, no pictures, no videos with vaulted ceilings, A-frame, big ass chandeliers. And it's the only open suite there next to a world-class bar. And that way the bar is always with you. And of course the open suite is you got to have your own recreation of the final hole, final shot of the member of guests or the club championship or whatever, with a gallery around you. They're drinking right there. And plus, we'll have it live streamed eventually. Nice. So just recreate that. And then the five other suites are intentional as far as the height of the ceilings and 
the amenities from the split unit HVACs to the Bluetooth speakers. Theory guides are every room, water bottles, TVs, 15-foot screen here where you feel like you're a little mini office. And that's the golf experience there where you can bring in a community. But then we have others with the VIP suite and then the restaurant space and the, and the members lounge. So all together, you're at close to 10,000 square feet in this building wow. to be able to use. So I'm curious also as far as your customer profile, I guess we'll call it that. You, I guess you just don't have walk-ins because people don't even know what's there. You've done this thing where it's like this private club yeah. that unless you know, you don't know. So exactly. I'm assuming that you have to have reservations. You have to book. You can't mm-hmm. just drop in for an hour. You're there for the full experiences or you have different options for people when they... No, it's a, it's a membership model. So you got to be a member. Uh, we have an app. So you book on the app. You mean come in and eat anytime you want to as a, as a member, but you got to book it. There's no walk-ins. We're open, what, eight months, about two-thirds full on our membership. And once we get to 300 members, we're cutting off. And obviously, looking at a second location, yeah, we're full. Yeah, as far as the clientele, we're Nashville. We're 15th Wilson's County. So the C-suite folks, I got a Heisman Trophy winning running back that's a member. Nice. That was in here the other day giving a tour to one of his buddies who won three World Series unannounced. Just walking through my building, giving a tour, like, cool. Grammy award-winning artists. Taylor Swift's first manager. That's our profile of people. And we got country music stars, managers in here. That's who we got. I'm not going to name names, but when your country artist is out there playing and they're in front of 60,000 fans, they need a place to decompress. Yeah, yeah. They, gotta get, they can't go to a bar on Broadway. They don't want to go home. Where do they go? Well, the golf course isn't open at 2 a.m., but this is. So they can come in, relax, decompress, have a beer, just be able to be be whoever. That's what it's about. You know, say so they leave the celebrity status out there and they're in here and it's just you and me. See, what I so, love about what you've unlocked here is you're not trying to be everything to everybody. And this isn't a criticism to X Golf or the Puttery or Top Golf. Anybody can play and they want everybody to play and just drop in and that's great. You've looked at a business model here that has scarcity. You talked about supply and demand. Then you, through capping off the number of members that you can have, the exclusivity drives demand, which I love. So you're looking at that top tier experience, and that's mm-hmm. what you deliver through the food and the beverage and and the golf. So I love this. So I want you to try to answer this question for me in this 10,000 square foot space that you're in right now. <laughs> when you built it, and I was an entrepreneur also, when an architect and a designer, You make some assumptions the best that you can with the information you have in front of you at that time. So you design the space, you build the golf sanctuary after getting feedback. What space within the golf sanctuary has surprised you in a positive way that has become more popular than you thought it would be? So first off, you're going to love this. And then I got to tell you some other stories behind this as far as divinity and providence of the golf sanctuary, this location. We had two others we had picked out. One, we're in deep negotiations on for renting that was really half this size. That would have been awful, absolutely awful place to go to be. But I wanted to start small. We lost that because the landlord was a complete jerk and we walked away. This one was on the market for two days. Mm. Mom and pop owners who were in the, call it, not say entertainment, but they, they made toys for kids. So they understood the value of play, right. what that was. And walking in here is a little office warehouse, which you've seen many times before. It was already built. Colin, I had to knock down three walls and I had to put one wall back up. 
when I walked in here with our CEO, I laid this entire thing out. It's just complete magical and every single thing fit exactly where it was. Yeah. One thing I changed was I thought I was going to have a putting green down below. And we moved the putting green upstairs as soon as we get that permit going. And we put the restaurant down below. That's been my biggest surprise was just the interaction with the food. I wasn't surprised, but I am surprised because I didn't really think, you know, but once you taste the food, which too bad you can't, I just had the, the, the special today as I spliced on my face. Once you taste the food, you like, it's, it's all about community. Rabbi laugh and says, conversations around food are different. Yes. I take a little bit of step for us. Conversations around food and golf are life-changing because mm. that's when you get real because there's more time there. You actually can enjoy and the chemistry of the food, plus you're sharing something together and both the food and the golf experiences you bring people together and you can get real with folks and that's what we want and there's there's too much surface level crap out there i mean it's it's life's too short to be surface levels like i want to get to know somebody like what makes colin colin what gives him energy what can i do to help serve you because the more i can serve you the more you can serve others and that's what this makes this world great and if i do that in a just a small scale like this imagine the impact of the world especially those key leaders so it's not about golf for those that are, that are listening to this, and maybe you'll see a little bit of the, of the screen here, this is not about golf. This is just changing the world one conversation at a time. Mm-hmm. Love what you're putting out there, Billy. I couldn't agree more. So one thing as an entrepreneur and as the person that you are, we met on LinkedIn. We're back and forth for quite some time. And the type of posts that you put out there are generous and inclusive, empathetic, and have this give first feel to them, that you're really trying to build community by giving first. Where did you learn that? From who or from where? I learned it a while back. One of my mentors, uh, Mike Hardwick, who's the founder of Churchill Mortgage, about abundance. It's had the abundance lifestyle. And I, I didn't grow up in abundance. It's very difficult for me to, to find abundance and give first. It's like, why would I give? I got nothing to give. I need, I need, I need, I need. And slowly I found a way to go add value. If you can go add value to valuable people, value be bestowed upon you. It's a giver's game. And then I read the book, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. Have you read that book? I have not. Go get that one, The Go-Giver. By Bob Berg? Um, Bob Berg, B-U-R-G. All right. I'll put that in the show notes for our listeners here. Good stuff. Okay. So I read that one. And then fast forward, uh, the second book that I was included in that for his Amazon bestseller, he was one of the co-authors. So I actually co-authored a book with one of my favorite authors. But that that book, as far as the giving mentality, that bonus mentality, is really something that resonated with me and I think will resonate with your audience. And what I try to emulate in my life is to give as much as I can. Now, not giving away everything because there's still going to be something there. If you give away all, you really truly have no value. But if I can add value to you in somehow, some way, and I understand the law of reciprocity, you're going to give back to me either through obviously podcast, referral, whatever. And that's what makes the world go around. If it's all about me taking and it's a transaction, Colin, you pay me for this. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I'll pay you for that. I think it's done. It's all selfish. Yes. And now it's like, you're better than me or I'm better than you. And like, what's my time worth versus your time worth? And it just becomes this battle of egos. And like, what good is that? Who has time for that? I don't have time for that. No, so I, like I'd rather try to benefit society as much as I can. If I can help you, I will. If not, I'll go find somebody will. I love this. You're the type of person that I love to hang around. Do you have that outlook of abundance, a growth mindset, as we like to say, that it's not about scarcity, it is about growth. It's not finite, that there's other opportunities out there to unlock. And sadly, 
I'm not going to pick sides between Live and the PGA Tour or what's going on there. <laughs> and I haven't talked about this on the podcast at all, which people are like, you're into innovation and entrepreneurship. Why are you not talking about this? And in some ways, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to stay in on the sidelines right now. Maybe I'll have one or two of them on the well, podcast. What a fascinating story. We could go dive, dive deep into that one. We, we could, <laughs> absolutely. But yeah. on that, just to touch on it, that I look at the PGA Tour and what they're doing there, they're going in there with a mindset of scarcity. The fact that if you're doing this, it's taking away from us rather than opportunities of unlocking new customers, younger customers, maybe on new platforms, rather than if you're doing that, it's a sandbox with only so many toys in it. And if you're taking some of the toys, then uh, we're losing some of the toys. I don't embrace that mindset with what I do. You certainly do not. And that's uh, articulated and manifested in what you're doing with the Golf Sanctuary and it's exciting stuff. Yeah, yeah life, life's not a zero-sum game. It's the rising tide can lift all ships if you want to be that tide. And and I encourage others to be that tide. It starts small. And it, all the division out there, let's just be honest, whatever it is out there, especially the media, media is there to divide you. If you can be divided against someone else, they can control you. If I could pit you against someone else, I control you. Yes. And that's what the media does. And when I can control you, I can control your wallet, I can control your thoughts, I can control everything about you. And that division is what's causing all the crap going on in our world right now. And I just encourage people to just turn it off. Mm. Just turn it off and just be human. Love, give to other people. And it's one simple thing and just be nice. So I try to do something nice for somebody every single day, whether it's big or small, was picking up a piece of trash at, at the office, just holding the door, just giving that kindness to people. Because I mean, my God, I need that. I mean, the crap that I'm going through as a CEO and all this other stuff, I was like, please, someone do that to me. So I want to try to do this for somebody else. Like, be kind. Kindness goes a long way. And we talk about this on the podcast quite a bit as it ties into mental health for entrepreneurs or just anybody in, in general and supporting them. And I, I certainly embrace that too, Billy, the best that I can. I truly believe that kindness and love and generosity and empathy will conquer ignorance and intolerance yeah. and hatred. Sounds like you're uh, you're feeling that too. Yeah, be the change, you know. Like I guess I be the change. It's got to start with somebody. Stop complaining about it and go do it. You be the first person. If no one else is doing it, if you walk into a room, no one's leading, you step up and lead. Yeah, yeah. If no one's being the change, so you see the room, you be the change. Don't sit back and be passive about it and go complain about it because that's just being a complainer. Go do something about it. It's just small, small things. Well, that's certainly the entrepreneurial mindset too. Rather than just wait to try to make it perfect, and I use that in air quotes because there is no perfect <laughs> as we know, you just got to get it out there. And that's hard for us because we're all taught from school, from elementary school and high school, college, this notion of failure, right? A grade and pass and failure, the, the, the shame that's attached to that, and sometimes not trying is a way to not fail. I don't know about you, but I've certainly had to unlearn that over my 10 years of entrepreneurship, and I'm glad for it because I'm much more comfortable in my skin now, and I approach things as an experiment, even with the podcast. We gave it a shot five years ago and said, hey, maybe maybe I do suck at this. Maybe there only are 10 stories. Maybe no one wants to listen. Maybe all the above. And if it doesn't work out, we'll do something else and just take the learnings from that. But it's kept growing and growing, and, and here we are five years later and 140-something episodes in. So Amazing. I certainly embrace that. And it sounds like you do too. The book uh, John Maxwell wrote, Failing Forward, was part of my process. But also being a golfer, Bob Rotella, golf is not a game of perfect. Mm. Allowing yourself to fail. You must fail. Entrepreneurs. So they understand that failure is a deterrent success. It is the main ingredient to success. You must fail to succeed. You absolutely must fail. You cannot succeed without a failure. And once I learned that, I go, wait a minute, I have 
effed up a lot. I should be really freaking successful. The more I fail, the more successful I'll be. I jumped right into failing. It's beautiful. The more I fail, the more successful I am. <laughs> yep. Just, just keep on keep on going. Learn from those experiences, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't play competitive golf like you did as, as a kid and a young man. I was more into team sports and I played a lot of competitive baseball. So I, I credit baseball for me being able to embrace failure. Because as we know, you can fail 75% of the time with a bat in your hand. You can bat 250 as a major leaguer and still make multi-millions of dollars a year and be mm-hmm. successful. It's a game that's designed to fail more than you succeed. And I've learned a lot from that, definitely. Yeah. And if you can apply it to golf, which should be dang near every shot you hit, something is, is not right about it. Even the best players miss it probably two-thirds of their shots. Right. So that, that right there is to be able to, to, to understand. So those listening on there, like, go fail. Go fail often. We need more failures out there because that's going to lead to more success. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, you know what? I can keep going on and on and on and ask. I got a whole bunch of more questions stuck in my head right now. But I'm going to show some restraint, which usually I don't as an entrepreneur. I'm going to hold off here because, of course, you and I are going to jump over to our video call for our Mod Golf YouTube channel. I'm going to talk more about the future of the golf sanctuary because you've already kind of teased it out there, Billy, that you're opening up more locations in the greater Nashville area first and probably beyond. So I don't want to hear the answer to that. We're going to get into that on our YouTube channel. But as we finish up here, Billy, hey, why don't you let our listeners know where they can learn more about the golf sanctuary or perhaps even become a member or it sounds now maybe get on the waiting list to be a member. So so yeah, where can they learn more about the golf sanctuary, where you're hanging out on social uh yeah so let us know about all that yeah you can link all that up in there but the the golf sanctuary.com is the website and then my personal website is billybrown.me and that kind of talks about the lending side my speaking and investing of course the golf sanctuary too nice nice well as i always do for our listeners to make it nice and easy in the show notes and also on billy's bio page i'll include all of those links on there and some images also on there so you can uh, get a feel for the vibe of what's going on at the golf sanctuary so hey let's finish up there this has been amazing like i said we speak to the entrepreneurs the influencers the disruptors that shape the future of golf you are all that and more appreciate your time and sharing some entrepreneurial nuggets of wisdom with us here today billy so thanks so much for joining me today on the mod golf podcast thanks carl appreciate it anytime so that's a wrap for this episode of the mod golf podcast If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship in the golf industry, you can find more compelling episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen in. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on our homepage to hear about upcoming episodes and to enter our latest golf product giveaway. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks very much for joining me. Bye for now.